I wanted to mention this. Open your Bible to John chapter 20. So I don't know if you heard about this. So there was a pastor that was preaching very strong about people need to get out and invite their neighbors, uh, their people in their neighborhood to the resurrection service the following Sunday. And so he was preaching it and he was preaching it really hard. And so later that week, the pastor was walking in the neighborhood where the church is and he saw Johnny and all the other little uh, church uh, Sunday school boys were walking with little Johnny and the pastor went up to them and said, well, what are you guys doing? They said, well, pastor, we are knocking on doors and ringing bells. He was so excited that they had listened to his message. He said, can I come along with you? They said, sure. So they get to the next house. They ring the doorbell and all of a sudden they start running and they yell, pastor, run. Okay, so I told two stupid jokes, okay. The first service was horrible. Brenda, did you get that joke? They were ringing doorbells and running. I get it, I get it. I get it. So if you, how many of you got the joke? Raise your, how many did not get the joke? How many wish you never heard the joke? No, 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 no. I got a sassy second service here. Did it really go over your head? Let's open up to the Holy Scriptures, shall we? Please, online, tell me, somebody tell me that you got it. Got it. Got it. Officer Herrick, you got it. Your wife got it over there, didn't you? She's shaking her head. Your wife, she got it. But then again, she lives with all your weird jokes, so, okay. <laughs> all right, John chapter 20. I want you to see this, and those of you that are watching, resurrection begins in the darkness. Now, this is very important because, you know, a lot of people right now think that it's never going to get any better. There's people that think that this is the way it's always going to be, that, you know, the world is just getting so evil, so dark, so bad. Can anything good come out of all of this? And I want you to understand something, and, and those of you that are watching and in chapel, uh, in our chapel there, I want you to see that if you read the first I would say, well, I, I limited it down to 18 verses. There are so many signs in here that the disciples and Mary should have understood that something supernatural had happened. And I want you to know that because I believe the same way. It's always dark before the dawn. Whenever it's dark throughout history, you can read it in the Bible or you can look at history. Whenever it seemed dark, it seemed hopeless, God always had a way of interjecting himself into the darkness and turning something so amazing out of it. And so this is no different. The story of the Resurrection Sunday, let's begin in verse 1. Notice how it began. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still what? It was still dark. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb, you know, the place where it looked like there was no hope. And I want you to notice this, saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. Underline it, make note of that. We're going to talk about that stone. Now, that should have been Mary's clue. Everything that Jesus said, 
that he would rise again on the third day. That stone being removed was proof. Because you have to understand, under Roman authority, working with the hierarchy religious community of the high priest and those who wanted nothing more to get rid of Jesus, they literally made sure that that tombstone would be sealed. That tombstone, they say historically, was anywhere between one and a half to two tons or more. It took a lot of effort to seal the tomb. Now she's coming in the dark and she sees that the stone has been removed. But I want you to know something. We're going to talk about this in a moment. This stone, like you see in Jesus of Nazareth or the Passion, it just looks like it's rolled to the side. You have to know that when they rolled it down the hill, there was a groove that it kind of came into where they couldn't move it, so to speak. It was to lock it into place. But there was something supernatural that happened to the stone. Not just to the body of Jesus, but to the stone. And I'm going to prove it to you. Now watch this. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple. Now the other disciple is John, the one that's written this particular gospel passage. He refers to himself as the other disciple. So she ran and went and told Simon Peter and John, the one whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they've taken him. And Peter and John set out and went towards the tomb. Now watch this. This is something that I think needs to happen in this day of darkness and evil. The two were running together. Man, if there's anything we need today is we need a unity among the body of Christ. We need to start joining arms with other Christians and fighting for the church, the kingdom of God, righteousness, come on, morality. We need to, like, like Matt said, the righteous need to not conform. We need to link arms together. We need to fight for our nation. Come on, God and country. And so they were running together. But watch this. John outran Peter. Now, that's very important. And I was saying this in the early service. It's like my son, John. You know, he's got big muscle calves. Well, I could outrun my son, John. I know I can. Because the famous runners, he's laughing at me, but the famous runners, you know this, I uh, said in the first service, Manot, oh, Hussein, Hussein or Hussein Bolt, the guy that, what's his name? Hussein Bolt. Whatever he is. Okay, Bolt is a basketball player. This guy, the fastest guy in the whole wide world, except Adam. And I said in the first service, Adam was the fastest guy in all history. Because he was the first to win the human race, just so you know. But this guy, uh, the, the, is it the Bolt guy that was the runner? Hussein Bolt. Hussein, I'm trying to say it right. Hussein Bolt. There you go. We'll say it better so I get it. All right, here's the deal. He has these skinny old little calves. And that's why he's the fastest guy in the world. He's not weighed down with these big old calves. So just imagine me and my son John in a race and you get the picture. I would beat him. So John and Peter were running. And, and notice this. John reached the tomb first. This, this John, right? And he bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings there. But wait a minute. He didn't go in. There was still fear. There was still reservation. There was still something that made him go, whoa, I ran. 
but I'm not going in. Okay, it's kind of like when a spider shows up at your house. A huge tarantula with big beady eyes. And if it gets under the foundation of your house, it can move it three blocks. You know, those kind of spiders, right? And you know, or you hear a noise at night, and you send the wife down with the German shepherds to go find out with their Second Amendment right what the noise is while you stand watch. Or you have her go kill the spider. Yeah, yeah, that's John's attitude. I'm running, I'm excited, but I'm not going in. Peter, you, 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 you go in and see what's going on inside. So the Bible says, and if you think about it, Peter kind of had this personality where he was so bold, he would just say anything. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> That's this service. You guys will just say anything. And so Peter, though, goes in and he literally begins to look and watch what he sees. This is so amazing. And so he bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. John didn't. Simon Peter came. He went into the tomb. Man, he didn't even hesitate, man. He just ran right in the tomb. I bet he would have gotten a fist fight, too. And he saw the linen wrappings lying there. And watch this, a cloth. Here's another sign that Jesus did exactly what he said, that he would rise from the dead. And this cloth had been on Jesus' head, but it was not lying with the linen wrappings, but it was rolled up in a place by itself. Now, I've read many theologians say that it literally meant it is finished, it is done. But it also meant, as it was neatly wrapped together, folded separately, to mean, I'm coming back. Should have been their clue. Not only was the stone rolled away, now they see this linen cloth, and the other disciple reached the tomb first, went in, saw, and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. They return to their homes, but notice what Mary's doing. Hate to say it. She must have been watching too many chick flicks, but she's, she's, she's crying. Didn't say the dudes were weeping. All the ladies are mad on Easter right now, or resurrection. <laughs> but it's saying Peter stood outside weeping. But notice the lady, she's weeping. And she went and she bent over to look into the tomb. And notice what she saw. Give her credit. Sometimes men, the reason why they don't come to church is because they look at everything in the natural. So see, I'm making up for it, ladies. Women have the ability to see, to connect to the supernatural more than men. Look around. How many more women are in here than men? Give credit, ladies. I just, I'm applauding you. Go ahead. Clap for yourself. Thank you. I, I got out of it. Resurrection service has been resurrected. Okay, there you go. All right, now watch this. No, women have a very strong sensitivity to the spirit realm. And so she saw two angels, one that looked like Pastor Hank, and the other one that looked like Matt. <laughs> I'm making this up. Come on, a year. Two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying. Now watch this. One was at the head and the other at the feet. So you've got one angel over here where Jesus' feet would have been, and another angel over here by where his head would have been. Why? Because if you remember, everywhere that Israel would go carrying the Ark of the Covenant, 
that had the literal presence of God, or what we call God in a box. On top of it, they had two angels, and they called it the mercy seat. And the one angel would look this way, and the other angel would look this way, and they would be facing each other, which is also symbolic of the mercy seat, or what we call the throne of God in heaven. And so, literally, this would have been another example of what they would have understood. Wait a minute, look at how the angels are stationed. I now have access to my Father because of Jesus' shed blood. I now have grace, mercy, and help in the time of need. She should have known it. But instead, watch what happens. The angel has to say to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. When she had said this, she turned around, and she saw Jesus standing there. Now, remember, was it light or was it dark? It was dark. This is where some people are at today in our nation. This is where some people are at in the nation that they live in. They have been listening and partaking so much of all the darkness that has been around us for, you know, the last two years. It's been really interesting. Some people say it feels like a movie, seems like a dream, seems like it's never going to end. And yet Jesus is standing there. In the midst of darkness, he is the light appearing in the darkness. He is the supernatural connection in the darkness. And she does not even know it. That's where some people are at. I just don't think God's ever going to do anything. I don't think ever, anything's ever going to change. I don't think it's ever going to get better. Well, do you understand that Jesus is interjecting himself in the midst of all of the craziness that is happening around the world? He hasn't removed himself. His spirit is still here in the earth. And as long as his spirit is in the earth, you're going to see his supernatural intervention in power. Amen. So she didn't even know Jesus was there. That's where some people are. They, they can't see what Jesus is doing. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And who are you looking for? And she supposed him to be the gardener. Now, why did she think that he was the gardener? Well, for one, they were in a garden. Two, I think Jesus, you know, he loves flowers. He's also called the Rose of Sharon. Something that I, I've been, I, I did just a couple months ago is I would go to the store and buy those little flowers that you just pick up, you know, and, and they only last for like a day. Right? You know what I'm talking about? The, what do they call them, Brenda? Fresh for a day or something like that? I don't know. But anyway, so I went to a flower store and I said, here's what I want to do. I'm tired of the fresh of the day ones. You pay a lot of money for a flower that withers the next day. Can you help me out? And so they put us on a, uh, on a deal where every two weeks, you get a new vase and a new kind of flower that shows up for the bride. I love it. I love flowers too as a man. I really do. And uh, so anyway, every, every two weeks, she gets new flowers, get, you exchange the vases. And I told Brenda, it's because you wear a label that nobody else wears. And that label is sure fine. <laughs> Amen. So I'm embarrassing her. So I'm looking this way. But anyway. So I can imagine Jesus is probably there, you know, he's, he's probably smelling the flowers, all this stuff. You know, it's about to break forth the dawning of a new day. She's all about darkness. But it was also to say this. The Bible calls Jesus in 1 Corinthians 15 the second Adam. Now think about what happened to the first Adam, the first human created in God's image in a garden 
they sinned. And because Adam sinned, the Bible says that we've all fell short of the glory of God. Because of one man's sin, we've all sinned. And so what this represents is what Jesus came and paid for on the cross and through his resurrection that we now have restored through him what it was like in the garden. It's been restored. That's why you can go to your fathers in peace and your graves in a good old age. That's why Jesus said in John 10, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. In other words, think about it. Was there sickness in the garden? Do you ever read about Eve having sniffles? Do you ever read about them not having anything? No, they they had gold, they had silver, they had everything until sin entered in. And then it began to come under what was called the earth curse. So when Jesus came and he appeared, she thought he was a gardener is to show us that we can live a life through his covenant that we have with him of his blood. We can have a life free from sickness and disease. We can have life and life more abundantly. We don't have to just barely get by. We don't have to live a life of tragedy, calamity, destruction. Come on. Amen. She didn't think he was just some dude. She thought he was a gardener because it has a lot of prophetic meaning. Now look at verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned And said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Now watch this. Jesus said, don't don't touch me. I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers. Now notice the message that he commissioned her. He commissioned a woman. Anybody that says women can't preach, they ought to be silent in the church. Well, they need to tell that to Jesus. He told the very first preacher, a woman, to go tell and preach the gospel, the good news that he's alive. He didn't restrict her. Hey, you're a woman. Um, Stay here. Wait for the dudes to come back. Mm -mm. But notice the message in the time of darkness. This is so important. We're going to talk about this in a moment because if you understand what Jesus says right here, you will never, ever fear how bad it may appear in the earth. Because you have something so amazing. He said, don't touch me. Let go of me, Mary. I've not yet ascended. Watch this. To my father. And whose father? Your father. Now, why is this message so important? Because if you really know who the father is, your heavenly father. Jesus even said it to Philip. Philip said, Jesus plainly, man. Hey, man, let's put the cards on the table. Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus, I can imagine him, grabbed Philip. The chosen won't show this, but this is my version. Grabbed him and put him in headlock. Did one of these things on his head. Philip, how long have I been with you, you squirrel? And Philip's like, what are you, what, what, what? how long have I been with you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Bam, hit him on the head and let go. Because if you want to know who the father was and what he was like, you look at Jesus. And and you have to understand in times of darkness, your trust is not what the news is telling you. Your trust is not what politicians can do for you. Your trust is in 
Someone who said, now listen, the government changes. Oh, believe me, it changes. They promise one thing in their campaign and they get elected and they forget what they promised. But God is the only one that I know of that stands there in all majesty, might, dominion, power and says, hey, I am the God that changes not. And he follows it up. He says, let every man be found to be a liar, but let me, God, be true. God's never, ever, 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 ever told a lie. So that means when you see God, the Father, you understand how awesome He is. You say, well, pastor, can you, can you give me an example of how good the Father is? Yeah. In Exodus chapter 33, you will find this in verse 18. Moses is just so overcome. And he's, he spent 40 days with God. And he's with God on the top of Mount Sinai. And God and him, oh, I wish I could have been Moses, are speaking to God face to face. And yet Moses says something very powerful. He says, God, I beseech you, I beg you, every ounce of breath in my body, my heart beats fast for you. I long to see your glory. Now watch this. Watch your God. Watch what he says about himself. Watch his introduction. If you could say anything about yourself, if someone was to say, you know, introduce themselves to you and you were to introduce yourself, what would you say about yourself? Somebody said, hey, describe yourself. Well, I'm nice. Uh, full of integrity. Maybe that's what you would say. Notice what God says about his description, which reveals what he is like, no matter if it's light and inflation is low and gas prices have dropped and we have our own oil <laughs> and our own resources here, or if it's bad. You know, I, listen, I, I got to tell you, I, I, filled up, I filled up the tank for $20 the other day. Full tank for $20. It was on my lawnmower, but. <laughs> do you like that? I got one gallon out of it. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I like to set you up. All right, now here's the thing. So no matter if it's good times or challenging times, God doesn't change. Now look at verse 19 of Exodus 33 about your father. Because Jesus is he's looking at Mary and he says, Mary, Mary, I'm getting ready to go to my father, your father. My God, your God. Now here's why that is so powerful. We often put deity, the power of God, ahead of his character and his nature as a father. That's why some people can't approach God. They're all so afraid of him. We need to fear God. But it's not just the revelation of the all-powerful God who I can't talk to. If I do anything wrong, he's going to hit me over the head. 
yeah, you need to have a revelation of his greatness, but you need to have a revelation of him and what Jesus said in the garden. I wrote a book called uh, My Heart Cries Abba. Because in the garden, when Jesus was in his most darkest moment, to where everything was hinging on his obedience to drink the cup of suffering. And he said, if it be possible, Father. He didn't call him Father. He said, if it be possible, Abba. Abba, if it be possible. Well, what does Abba mean? He literally looked up and said, Daddy. Daddy. If it be possible. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, Daddy, not my will, but your will be done. Literally, he was calling his heavenly father, Daddy or Papa, in the time of his most trying, dark moment. You must have that revelation. And I'm telling you, why, why, why? Because if you have a revelation that he is Daddy, he is Papa. When you're in a time of darkness, it will connect you to the next thing. My father, my Abba, my daddy, my pops, and your daddy, your Abba, your Papa. And watch this. My God, your God. Now there's a connection to the supernatural God that will do anything. But when you know how much he loves you, how much he sent Jesus so that you don't have to suffer. You don't have, come on. You don't have to die young. You don't have to be sick in your body. You don't have to have your marriage fall apart. Because he's a good father. And when you understand him as a good father, you will then be able to receive his power as God. Are you hearing me? Go back and look at what he introduced himself. And he said this, look at the first thing that he said to Moses. He said, I will make how much? All. all. That word all is the Hebrew word absolute. I will make my all or absolutely all. All means everything. Absolutely. There's not any room for anything else. All means all. Absolute. I will make my absolute goodness pass before you. You know why God could say I will cause my absolute goodness to pass before you? Because in God, in his character, in his nature that doesn't change, you can't find any little bit of compromise. God is consistent. He's not evil. He's not out killing. He's not out stealing. He's not out destroying. He's not taking you out of this world because it's your time prematurely. That's not what, G that, that contradicts your covenant. And God has placed his word higher than himself, the scripture says. In other words, everything that he's written in this book that he said, that he promised you, and, and even the bloodshed of his son sealed the deal, sealed the covenant. This book, this word is higher than him himself. That means if you want a baby and you can't get pregnant, you need to go to his word. He's a good father. Father loves children. He placed this Bible above his own head. So that he has to come under everything this book says about him. 
He can't alter the covenant. The covenant says you go to your fathers in peace. And you'll grave in a good old age. This covenant says, by the whips, 351 lashes on Jesus' body. You are already healed. You don't have to be sick another day in your life. This book says he'll meet every one of your need according to his riches and glory. That means you don't have to wonder, where's my next food coming from? Jesus said, don't be concerned about what you're going to wear. Come on, ladies. Or what you're going to eat. Come on, men. I'm the guy that says every day, what, what, are you, what are we having for dinner? So it covers men and covers women. What you're going to wear, that's ladies. What you're going to eat, that's the men. Jesus said, I got it covered, man. That's the Father. Absolute goodness. Go back to verse 19. I will cause all my goodness. You know, one of the greatest revelations that Brother Copeland and Kenneth Hagin taught me as a young pup in the Lord, as well as my own Bible time with God, is how good God is. It has been the very foundation and anchor of my walk. Pastor, have you ever been through challenging times? Oh, yeah. And try to attach a prophetic office to that. There's a price to pay. Here's my point. When you go through something tough, just like Job, your own experience will want to make you curse God. Your own experience will want to make you question God. Your own experience when you've riddled with pain in your body to question whether your covenant works for you or not. When somebody you love dies young, it makes you want to question your covenant. Question God. But I'm telling you, as long as I live on this earth, which will be a long life, I will never bring an indictment against my People do it all the time. Hurricane comes in, blows up a house, wipes out a city. This is God that killed everybody. It's judgment. Well, really, why did it hit Podunk, Kansas, the town of three people? It's a judgment of God. And it just happened to jump over New Orleans where all the voodoo is. They put on your insurance an act of God when something happens. God is absolute good. He's a father. He'll raise up your loved ones because not only is he a father, but he's God. That's the revelation you need in darkness. It was dark at the tomb. Jesus said, my father, your father, My God, your God. Why is this important? Because in America right now, they want to make you think that the solution is, let's just get out of here. Let the world go to hell. Let everything just fall apart for the man, the beast, the police, the tribulation, the mark. After all, it's the end times. Let's just get out of here. And yet I want to say, what takes more 
worshiping and honoring of God, him getting us out of here in a challenging time, or God showing himself strong, just like he did that resurrection Sunday, when Jesus shows up in the midst of the dark and says, ah, Mary! See, part of the darkness that showed up that day, when Mary went to the tomb, was not just the darkness of the early morning hour. The darkness that Mary was experiencing that John began to identify was the darkness of her own soul. This is where America's at right now. Because we have people of faith, people of the word, more afraid of COVID-19, the pandemic, than they fear the holy word of God that it says... No plague can come nigh your dwelling. The darkness that Mary experienced was not the darkness of the day. It was the darkness of her own soul. The very woman, a former prostitute that had seven devils cast out of her, was now feeling that same feeling like, what am I going to do now? I don't have my Savior. I don't have my Lord. Should I go back to darkness? Am I going to have to go back to darkness? What is my life going to look like without Jesus? That wasn't enough. What about the darkness of Peter and John and, and, and Thomas? Unless I... Put my hands where his hands bear the marks of those nails, prince. And I touch where they pierced his side. I will not believe. Why? There was a darkness that is upon many in America and the earth today. It is the darkness of unbelief. You cannot see anything good, supernatural, or what Jesus has said. Especially through his prophets. I got to have proof for myself. And yet, how many signs did they need? They had a folded napkin. They had two angels. They had a stone that was not just rolled to the side. Well, pastor, how do you know? Well, let's look at that. Look at verse one. Uh, one. It says, the stone had been removed from the tomb. We'll go back to Exodus 3, 19 in a minute. Look at what it says in Mark 16. Regarding the stone, you have to understand the literal words where it's not just that the stone was rolled away. I want them to come to the piano because I'm going to be done here in just a couple minutes. It says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and so on, brought spices so that they could embalm him. Well, what are you going to embalm a resurrected body? How, how, how are you going to do that? If he said he was going to rise from the dead, what are you coming with spices? To embalm him. It's amazing how church folks are. They're always trying to spice up something that has to do with their own religious traditions and ideologies. That's why they say women can't wear makeup. Women can't show their legs. Well, you know, just depends on how you show your legs. But they put all these man-made traditions. Women can't preach in the church, yet the first commission one was Mary Magdalene, a woman. And so they try to spice up all their traditions and all. What are you coming with spices to embalm a body that said that it would rise again on the third day? Because all you're looking at is the darkness of your own soul. This is where America's at. 
They listen so much to the news. So much to all the things that are being said. When they put a mask on your face, it brought a darkness over your soul. Where you don't think that there is any resurrection power to cause COVID-19, 99.9% survival rate to disappear from the earth. You look at what's happened in government and you don't think that there could ever, ever be a righteous government or normality again. Or something better. Because you've allowed darkness to come in your soul. Well, how dangerous is that? I want you to look here as we go back to Mark 16. Look at John chapter 1. John, the apostle who wrote about it was being dark, it was dark at the time that Mary showed up at the tomb, is the same writer that began his book of John talking about light and darkness. What are we seeing in the earth today? Light and darkness. But notice what he says. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. This is Jesus. And the Word was God. Keep reading. The same was in the beginning with God. Hello, Jesus. All things were made by Him. And without him, there wasn't not one thing that was made. Look at verse 4. In him was life. And the life was, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. Watch this. In him was life and was the light of men. So when you receive the life of Jesus by salvation into your life, you become the light of the world. Or you actually have light that comes. Look at verse 5. Why do some people today not understand what the prophets have prophesied? Why do they not understand, like Mary at the dark tomb, that anything good could happen? She didn't believe. The disciples didn't even believe. In fact, at one point, he met him on the road to, uh, to Emmaus, 15 miles away from where he told them that he would rise. What are you doing, disciples? You're 15 miles away from where I told you I would be. Because we've allowed darkness to hit our soul. Why? And the light shines in darkness. But notice something. Darkness cannot comprehend the light. Pastor, what are you saying? The more darkness that you allow in your soul, the less you're going to be able to comprehend the light. Do you know what part of the light is? How many of you ever heard truth? And you go, whoa, a light just went off. You know why some people don't think that America can be saved? Because you are listening and filling your soul with the media, social media, high tech that has been lying to you, lying to you, lying to you. And these fake administration that we call president has been lying to you. And you're listening so much that it's dark in your soul. And you don't comprehend Jesus who's standing there just like he was with Mary. To bring a better day. Resurrection power to bring light to a time of darkness. The more darkness you listen to, the more darkness you receive in your soul, you will be just like Mary. You will never be able to comprehend light, truth. You'll never be able to comprehend what God is really doing. You'll think this is the way things are always going to be. Well, Pastor Hank, why are you so strong with what you believe? Because I don't listen to the darkness. I don't fellowship with the darkness. I don't cooperate with the dark. I hate evil. I hate sin. I asked the father a question one day, and we're going to go back to him. But I want to talk about this stone. Go back to Mark 16. 
So I asked the father a question, and we'll close with the father as I show you what happened to the stone. So I asked God a question one day. We were, we were just fellowshipping one day, and I asked the Lord a question. I said, Lord, I, I want to know, and I don't want you to say that you love me and all this, because I know that already. But what do you like about me? Have you ever asked God that question? What does he specifically like about you? And I'm waiting to hear what his answer is. And he shocked me. And I know you're going to be shocked too. Do you know what he said to me? After my jokes today, you really won't believe me. But he said, I like your humor. You make me laugh, Hank. I said, Lord, are you, are, are, would you put that in stone and I can show it before the world? Like you did with Moses. He said, you make me laugh. It's one of the things I love about you. I said, okay, then I'm going to ask you a question. What did you love about Jesus? He was fully God, but he was fully man. What was it that you really, really loved about him? And you know what he said? He said, go to my word. And he led me over to the book of Hebrews, and it tells you what God loved about Jesus. You know what it was? Jesus is carrying his own blood from the cross, and he walks into the holy place carrying his own blood. Oh. And he puts it upon that mercy seat. Remember those two angels? And he puts it on the mercy seat. And I like what Kat Kerr said, that all the different sins and curses of darkness appeared and were immediately eradicated by the blood. She actually saw this. And, and this is so amazing. And then it says that the father handed Jesus a scepter or, or a, a rod of authority. Handed it to him. The father did, called Jesus God and said, sit thou at my right hand. And now watch this. This is what he loved about Jesus. And this is what I pray. I pray this over my kids every day. I do, John. I do, Matt. I pray it over you every day. I pray over this church. It says, and God loveth his son who loved righteousness, doing what's right, and hating, abhorring, detesting iniquity. Iniquity is purposeful sin. You want to know what God loved about Jesus? He loves doing what's right. That's why I don't get caught up in the woke culture. Righteousness does not conform. That's why you've got to stand up. When God says something, you say, no, 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 no. The Lord loves righteousness. I don't care what it costs me. I will tell the truth. I will stand for what is right. And I will not compromise. Because I want to be just like Jesus. Now, let's go to Mark 16. I want you to see this in closing. I think this is like my fifth closing, so that means I'm almost done. Notice, so they brought spices. Why are you bringing spices? Verse 4. They looked up and saw that the stone had been removed. Now, why would they look up if the stone was rolled to the side? Mark 16, 3 in the King James says, Who will roll away the stone? Verse 4, King James. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away. That word rolled away literally means this. It's the Greek word, like the word air, A-I-R-O, arrow. And it means to pick up literally and carry to another place. The stone was not like the movies show you, just rolled to the side. The stone literally was picked up by supernatural resurrection power. When the angels showed up with the earthquake, it popped like a cork, that tomb uh, stone, and shot it back up the hill. They should have known it. Why do you think they had to pay so much money to lie about it? Luke uses the term 
in the Greek, and it's apokolio. I don't know how to pronounce it, but apokolio. It literally means to roll an object away from another in a great separation or distance. A great distance. A great separation. To literally roll the object away from another. John's gospel, when you say, see that the stone was rolled away, it literal translation means it was rolled up. And the literal translation means the stone was picked up and with force carried away. It's not just rolling it away. It's, it would be like this. This is why when Mary came to the tomb in the time of darkness, this is why I'm saying this to you. Do you understand there is some supernatural intervention that is going to be so amazing that is coming to your life to this nation to the earth just like that rock if you were to shake a champagne bottle how many ever seen that happen and what happens to the cork pop there was so much the bible says the same spirit that quickened the mortal body of Jesus Christ and raised him from the dead. Can you imagine the power that was literally inside of that grave that was causing Jesus' body not to suffer decay, that literally touched his body and literally the resurrection power that raised him up was so powerful that literally the angels showed up to declare it, to witness it. An earthquake happened and pop! The stone is right back up on top of the hill. How did that happen? And you think that what you're dealing with is impossible? Come on, what does God need to blow off of your life? What does God need to do to show his goodness? All right, stand on your feet. Let's go back to Exodus 33, 19. Why should you understand the revelation of my father, your father, my God, your God, as Pastor Doug comes? Listen, look at verse 19. Here's the introduction. I don't ever want you to forget this resurrection season that begins in the dark. But it's always darker before the dawn. There is great visitation of God and the angels, Jesus himself, his glory that is showing up in the earth right now. That there's a whole lot of things that are about to be popped with the supernatural intervention of God. Inflation's about to become a deflating. Gas prices are about to go down. There's a, there's a reordering of God's supernatural power. God's going to keep popping the lid off of this thing. But look at how God introduced himself. Here is the comfort. I will cause all my goodness to pass before you. That means absolute. I will proclaim the name. Uh, I will proclaim. What did he say? I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show mercy on whom I'll show mercy. And look at Exodus 34. And the Lord passed by Moses. And notice what he said about him. I am the Lord. The Lord God. First thing he says, I'm merciful. I'm gracious. Wow. Thank you, Lord. I'm long-suffering. And I'm so abundant in goodness and in truth. Wow. This is your father in the time of darkness. Can you imagine? I keep mercy for a thousand generations. I forgive purposeful sin and transgression and sin. That will by no means clear the guilty. Now, if people don't want to repent, they want to hold on to their sin, then look what they do. 
They can bring, because again, when people sin, they don't just affect their own life. They affect others. You affect your children. And it comes down upon the children and the children's children under the third and fourth generation. Yeah, but here's the, here's, the, here's the deal. That's the guilty. That's those who refuse to get their life right. Well, Jesus paid for the curse. You're right. But if you don't turn to God and repent of your sin, then the curse will come. Because it's in the earth. And there's consequences for sin. You know what I believe as I close with this last statement? John outran Peter. Why did the Bible say that John outran Peter? I'm going to leave you with this. Because this needs to be what you have to have this Resurrection Sunday, especially when it's dark. Peter had a revelation. All the other disciples in Matthew 16 could only tell Jesus what other people said that he was. But only one man, Peter, got a revelation from the Father. And Jesus turned and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this, but my Father in heaven. So he had a revelation. Some people have a revelation that was given to them. Maybe they read something. Maybe they heard something. Maybe they had a message. Maybe they grew up, you know, in a Christian family. But John was always seen leaning his head up against the heart of Jesus. You know why you can finish your race? If you will not just make it about a revelation, but you run hard after the heart of God, you will finish your race. And you will live a life, I'm telling you, that will be a life that doesn't live in darkness. Because when you seek the heart of God, He is light. It'll light your whole life up. You won't want darkness. You won't want sin. You don't want to miss church. It becomes your life because you're pursuing, like John, the heart of Jesus. Father, I pray for the people. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would seal this word today. And I thank you, Lord. They'll never see Resurrection Sunday the same. They'll understand light. They'll understand the visitation that has come to this land, to their life. And they will understand the Father who changes not, the Father who is good. I thank you for this word, and I pray that you would cause it to grow in every heart of every person. In Jesus' name, amen.